The Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the 11th chapter. Jesus said, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent take it by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John, and if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. But to what shall I compare this generation? It is like children sitting in the marketplaces and calling to their playmates. We played the flute for you, and you did not dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. For John came neither eating nor drinking, and they say, he has a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and they say, look at him, a glutton and a drunkard a friend of tax collectors and sinners. Yet wisdom is justified by her deeds. This is the Gospel of the Lord. In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. On February 3rd, 2007, shortly before lunch, Professor Jonathan Haidt discovered that he was a chronic excuse-maker. Jonathan Haidt is a social psychologist who writes about the way that we make moral decisions. Not surprisingly, his research shows that we tend to decide first and then come up with reasons later. One of our most basic skills is coming up with those reasons, those excuses. This is how he tells the story of that morning. I was at home writing a review article when my wife, Jane, walked by my desk. In passing, she asked me not to leave dirty dishes on the counter where she prepared our baby's food. Her request was polite, but its tone added a postscript, as I've asked you a hundred times before. My mouth started moving before hers stopped. Words came out. Those words linked themselves up to say something about the baby having just woken up at the same time that our elderly dog barked to ask for a walk, and I'm sorry, but I just put the dishes down wherever I could find a place. Turns out in his family, caring for a hungry baby and an incontinent dog is a surefire case, and so he was acquitted. This is what he says. So there I was at my desk, writing about how people automatically fabricate justifications of their gut feelings when suddenly I realized that I had just done the same thing with my wife. I disliked being criticized, and I had felt a flash of negativity by the time Jane had gotten to her third word. Even before I knew why she was criticizing me, I knew I disagreed with her. The instant I knew the content of the criticism, my inner lawyer went to work searching for an excuse. It's true that I had eaten breakfast, given the baby his first bottle, and let the dog out for his first walk, but these events had all happened at separate times. Only when my wife criticized me did I merge them into a composite image of a harried father with too few hands, and I created this fabrication by the time my wife had completed her one-sentence criticism He then concludes, I lied so quickly and convincingly that my wife and I both believed me. Jonathan Haidt's story is a good story because it's so true. True as in, 
It could have been a story about any one of us in any number of situations, and it would have sounded exactly the same. One of our most basic skills is coming up with excuses. We do it all the time, we do it compulsively, and we do it to save face so that we won't appear to be who we really are. And here you can fill in the blank about who you really are. Lazy, selfish, rude, insecure, unkind, unfair, lonely, scared, desperate. You can always find an excuse. You have it in your blood. You got it from Adam and Eve. Even before they began pointing fingers to deflect the guilt over their sin, they used their nakedness as an excuse to hide. Instead of the real reason for their shame, they used their nakedness. Instead of the real reason that they had eaten from the tree that God told them not to eat from, that they had disobeyed God, they made an excuse. Now, Adam and Eve made an excuse for something very, very grave. But it comes so naturally to us that we'll even make excuses for things that don't carry a lot of moral weight, like why we leave our dishes in the wrong place. Although Jonathan Haidt said that he lied so quickly and convincingly that he and his wife both believed him, I think that there's a certain sense in which we can all see through the excuses. You know exactly what's happening when Adam and Eve say that they're hiding because they're ashamed of their nakedness. You know exactly what's happening when someone leads with, it was an accident. And you know exactly what's happening when someone says, I think I'm busy that day. You can always find an excuse. We are a people full of excuses. But in today's text, in today's gospel lesson, Jesus calls out the excuse makers. You're like kids, he says, who just won't play along with the games in the market. Someone played the flute and you came up with excuses not to dance. Someone played a dirge and you came up with excuses not to mourn. John the Baptist came wearing rags and eating basically nothing, and you said, he must have a demon. The Son of Man came eating and drinking, and you said, He's a glutton and a drunkard. You can always find an excuse. Don't you see, Jesus says, you're not fooling anyone. You're not very good at making up excuses. So give it up. The ruse is up. The game is over. You're not fooling each other. You're not fooling yourself. You're certainly not fooling me, Jesus says. You can always find an excuse not to listen to me. You can always find an excuse not to come to church, not to come to Bible study, not to love, not to forgive, not to keep away from evil things, not to touch holy things. You can always find an excuse. It's not really that impressive. You know who you really are. In fact, we all know who you really are. Jesus knows who you really are. You're a sinner. Today, as we celebrate the Reformation, that fact ends up being a liberating truth. 
You're a sinner. It's a liberating truth because it means that you can quit with the excuses. You are better off just being who you are. A sinner with no excuse. It's a liberating truth because as bad as you are at making excuses, empty excuses, excuses off the top of your head, on a whim to justify decisions you've already made, as bad as we all are at making excuses, God is much, much better. All we have are these fabrications, these lies that no one really believes. But here's what God has. He has the crucified and risen flesh and blood of his only begotten Son, given and shed for you. It's a completely different kind of excuse. It's one that actually means something. It's one that actually does something. It's one that actually makes you someone different. It makes you just like Christ. So sure, you can always find an excuse, but I promise you, it's always going to be lame. So give it up. You've already been excused. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. Amen.